Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. The Prince and the Pauper by Mark Twain Chapter 4 The Prince's Troubles Begin After hours of persistent pursuit and persecution, the little prince was at last deserted by the rabble and left to himself. As long as he had been able to rage against the mob, and threaten it royally, and royally utter commands that were good stuff to laugh at, he was very entertaining. But when weariness finally forced him to be silent, he was no longer of use to his tormentors, and they sought amusement elsewhere. He looked about him now, but could not recognize the locality. He was within the city of London, that was all he knew. He moved on aimlessly and, in a little while, the houses thinned, and the passers-by were infrequent. He bathed his bleeding feet in the brook which flowed then where Farrington Street now is, rested a few moments, then passed on, and presently came upon a great space with only a few scattered houses in it, and a prodigious church. He recognized this church. Scaffoldings were about, everywhere, and swarms of workmen, for it was undergoing elaborate repairs. The prince took heart at once. He felt that his troubles were at an end now. He said to himself, "'It is the ancient Grey Friars Church, which the king my father hath taken from the monks, and given for a home for ever, for poor and forsaken children, and new-named it Christ Church. Right gladly will they serve the son of him who hath done so generously by them, and the more that that son is himself as poor and as forlorn as any that be sheltered here this day, or ever shall be.' He was soon in the midst of a crowd of boys who were running, jumping, playing at ball and leapfrog, and otherwise disporting themselves, and right noisily, too. They were all dressed alike, and in the fashion which in that day prevailed among serving men and prentices. Footnote. Christ's Hospital Costume it is most reasonable to regard the dress as copied from the costume of the citizens of London of that period, when long blue coats were the common habit of apprentices and serving-men, and yellow stockings were generally worn. The coat fits closely to the body, but has loose sleeves, and beneath is worn a sleeveless yellow undercoat. Around the waist is a red leathern girdle, a clerical band round the collar, and a small flat black cap about the size of a saucer, completes the costume. Tim's Curiosities of London End of footnote 
that is to say, each had on the crown of his head a flat black cap about the size of a saucer, which was not useful as a covering, it being of such scanty dimensions, neither was it ornamental. From beneath it the hair fell, unparted, to the middle of the forehead, and was cropped straight around, a clerical band at the neck, a blue gown that fitted closely and hung as low as the knees or lower, blue sleeves, a broad red belt, bright yellow stockings, gartered above the knees, low shoes with large metal buckles. It was a sufficiently ugly costume. The boys stopped their play and flocked about the prince, who said with native dignity, "'Good lads, say to your master that Edward, Prince of Wales, desireth speech with him.' A great shout went up at this, and one rude fellow said, "'Marry, art thou his grace's messenger, beggar?' The prince's face flushed with anger, and his ready hand flew to his hip, but there was nothing there. There was a storm of laughter, and one boy said, "'Didst mark that? He fancied he had a sword. Belike he is the prince himself.' This sally brought more laughter. Poor Edward drew himself up proudly, and said, "'I am the prince, and it ill beseemeth you that feed upon the king my father's bounty to use me so.' This was vastly enjoyed, as the laughter testified. The youth, who had first spoken, shouted to his comrades, "'Ho, swine! Slaves! Pensioners of his grace's princely father! Where be your manners? Down on your marrow-bones, all of ye! and do reverence to his kingly port and royal rags!" With boisterous mirth they dropped upon their knees in a body, and did mock homage to their prey. The prince spurned the nearest boy with his foot, and said fiercely, "'Take thou that, till the morrow come and I build thee a gibbet!' Ah, but this was not a joke, this was going beyond fun. The laughter ceased on the instant, and fury took its place. A dozen shouted, Hail him forth! To the horse-pond! To the horse-pond! Where be the dogs? Ho there! Lion! Ho! Fangs! Then followed such a thing as England had never seen before, the sacred person of the heir to the throne, rudely buffeted by plebeian hands, and set upon and torn by dogs. As night drew to a close that day, the prince found himself far down in the close-built portion of the city. His body was bruised, his hands were bleeding and his rags were all besmirched with mud. He wandered on and on, and grew more and more bewildered, and so tired and faint he could hardly drag one foot after the other. He had ceased to ask questions of any one, since they brought him only insult instead of information. He kept muttering to himself, Oful Court, that is the name, if I can but find it, before my strength is wholly spent and I drop, then I am saved for his people will take me to the palace, and prove that I am none of theirs, but the true prince, and I shall have mine own again." And now and then his mind reverted to his treatment by those rude Christ-hospital boys, and he said, "'When I am king, they shall not have bread and shelter only, but also teachings out of books, for a full belly is little worth where the mind is starved, and the heart.' I will keep this diligently in my remembrance, that this day's lesson be not lost upon me, and my people suffer thereby. For learning softeneth the heart, and breedeth gentleness and charity." Footnote. It appears that Christ's Hospital was not originally founded as a school. Its object was to rescue children from the streets, to shelter, feed, clothe them, etc. Tim's Curiosities of London End of footnote. 
The lights began to twinkle. It came on to rain. The wind rose, and a raw and gusty night set in. The houseless prince, the homeless heir to the throne of England, still moved on, drifting deeper into the maze of squalid alleys, where the swarming hives of poverty and misery were massed together. Suddenly a great drunken ruffian collared him, and said, "'Out to this time of night again! And hast thou brought a farthing home, I warrant me? If it be so, and I do not break all the bones in thy lean body, then am I not John Canty, but some other.' The prince twisted himself loose, unconsciously brushed his profane shoulder, and eagerly said, "'Oh, art his father truly? Sweet heaven, grant it be so! Then wilt thou fetch him away and restore me.' "'His father? I know not what thou meanst. I but know I am thy father, as thou shalt soon have cause to—' "'Oh, jest not, palter not, delay not. I am worn, I am wounded, I can bear no more. Take me to the king, my father, and he will make thee rich beyond thy wildest dreams. Believe me, man, believe me. I speak no lie, but only the truth. Put forth thy hand and save me. I am indeed the Prince of Wales.' The man stared down, stupefied, upon the lad, then shook his head and muttered, "'Gone stark mad as any Tom o' Bedlam!' then collared him once more, and said with a coarse laugh and an oath, <laughs> "'But mad or mad! I and thy grammar canty will soon find where the soft places in thy bones lie, or I'm no true man!' With this he dragged the frantic and struggling prince away, and disappeared up a foul court, followed by a delighted and noisy swarm of human vermin. CHAPTER V. TOM AS A PATRICIAN Tom Canty, left alone in the prince's cabinet, made good use of his opportunity. He turned himself this way and that, before the great mirror, admiring his finery, then walked away, imitating the prince's high-bred carriage, and still observing results in the glass. Next he drew the beautiful sword, and bowed, kissing the blade, and laying it across his breast, as he had seen a noble knight do, by way of salute, to the lieutenant of the tower five or six weeks before when delivering the great lords of Norfolk and Surrey into his hands for captivity. Tom played with a jewelled dagger that hung upon his thigh. He examined the costly and exquisite ornaments of the room. He tried each of the sumptuous chairs, and thought how proud he would be if the offal court-herd could only peep in and see him in his grandeur. He wondered if they would believe the marvellous tale he should tell when he got home or if they would shake their heads, and say his overtaxed imagination had at last upset his reason. At the end of half an hour it suddenly occurred to him that the prince was gone a long time. Then right away he began to feel lonely. Very soon he fell to listening and longing, and ceased to toy with the pretty things about him. He grew uneasy, then restless, then distressed. Suppose someone should come, and catch him in the prince's clothes and the prince not there to explain. Might they not hang him at once, and inquire into his case afterward? He had heard that the great were prompt about small matters. His fears rose higher and higher, and trembling he softly opened the door to the antechamber, resolved to fly and seek the prince, and through him protection and release. Six gorgeous gentlemen-servants, and two young pages of high degree, clothed like butterflies, sprung to their feet and bowed low before him. He stepped quickly back and shut the door. He said, "'Oh, they mock at me! They will go and tell! Oh, why came I here to cast away my life?' He walked up and down the floor, filled with nameless fears, listening, starting at every trifling sound. 
Presently the door swung open, and a silken page said, "'The Lady Jane Grey!' The door closed, and a sweet young girl, richly clad, bounded toward him. But she stopped suddenly, and said in a distressed voice, "'Oh, what aileth thee, my lord?' Tom's breath was nearly failing him, but he made shift to stammer out, "'Ah, be merciful thou! In sooth I am no lord, but only poor Tom Canty of Offal Court in the city. Prithee let me see the prince, and he will of his grace restore to me my rags, and let me hence unhurt. Oh, be thou merciful, and save me!' By this time the boy was on his knees, and supplicating with his eyes and uplifted hands, as well as with his tongue. The young girl seemed horror-stricken. She cried out, "'Oh, my lord, on thy knees, and to me!' Then she fled away in fright, and Tom, smitten with despair, sank down, murmuring, "'There is no help, there is no hope. Now will they come and take me!' Whilst he lay there benumbed with terror, dreadful tidings were speeding through the palace. The whisper— With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to— Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.